Hello and welcome to CotyCast, the Care of the Elderly podcast for debate, discussion and analysis relating to issues around geriatric medicine. My name's Nick and joining me for this CotyCast are Emily, who's a consultant geriatrician uh, at Sunderland uh, with a subspecialty interest in dementia and delirium. And Jude, who's one of the geriatrics registrars here. Hello. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, today we're talking a little bit about how we've improved or whether we have improved care of uh, inpatients with dementia and if there's more work to be done. So start with you, Jude. Uh, What do you find most difficult about managing inpatients with dementia? I think it's often that they can't tell you what's wrong with them. And because they can't tell you, often they'll present in very atypical ways. Um, And so it can be a lot more difficult to find out what's going on. And often you have to think a bit laterally, so involve their family or look into different things. And I suppose there's there's also the fact that when patients with dementia are in hospital, um, it can be very distressing for them, um, and they're much more likely to develop a delirium, which comes with its own raft of problems as well. And talking about delirium, Emily, is delirium preventable, or is that a myth? So yes, it is. I think in the case of our um, dementia patients that are admitted to an inpatient ward, there's up to 50% um, prevalence of delirium. But a significant proportion could be, so maybe 15 to 20% could be prevented. And there are certain very, very simple things we can do to prevent delirium. I think the main sort of seminal study was done by Sharon Inouye about 2000, um, which was the HELP trial. And they basically targeted patients who were at risk of a delirium with six different factors that could be controlled. And the interventions could be done very simply by healthcare assistants. Mm -hmm. Um, So the things that we can concentrate on, those with cognitive impairment looking at orientating them, and we can use different strategies for that. She also looked at sleep deprivation, immobility, visual and hearing impairment and dehydration. So I think those are very simple things that can be addressed on the ward in different ways and they can they don't have to be done by um, specific members of the team. So I think certainly when I see patients, I make sure they've got a hearing aid that works, I make sure they've got their glasses, I offer them a drink and I make sure that they are sitting out of bed and mobilising if they can mobilise. So those are the things that we can do very, very simply on the ward that the juniors going round on their daily ward rounds can address as well. It's kind of everyone's, it's everyone's gift to address that. So yes, we can prevent delirium um, and as there is an evidence base for that. And certainly here at Sunderland, we have a specific help team of healthcare assistants which will um, go out and try and provide some of those um, interventions. Okay, that's very interesting. So do you think that that is something that can be addressed on all wards or should that be managed specifically on a dementia and delirium specialty ward? I think it absolutely should be a trust-wide thing because the patients with dementia are often presenting for other reasons. So the reason for admission is is not usually their dementia. Mm-hmm. So they may be presenting to orthopaedics with a fractured neck ophema or to a surgical ward or other medical wards. So I think it, it can't be isolated to a specific dementia unit. So I think it should be something which is trust-wide. Um, and I think that's something where we have the help help team and the help assistants as they will see people across the trust who's screened um, as having a background of dementia. The other things that can be done trust-wide are using things like the This Is Me document. Okay. Um, so that's a document that's produced um, by the Alzheimer's Society 
and it's something that the carer can fill in about the patient, about what they like, what frightens them, um, how they take their tea. Um, Because you can imagine if you've got dementia so advanced that you can't communicate how you have your tea. I have to say, if someone gave me a black tea with sugar, I would not drink it and no persuasion would make me drink it. Mm -hmm. You need to know how, you know, very simple, basic things to ensure that you can look after that patient um, to the fullest to ensure that they are hydrated, etc, etc. So there's a This Is Me document that can be um, downloaded from the Alzheimer's Society website and that can be used across trusts and it's free to use so that's something that I would definitely um, say is something that can be very easily and cheaply done that can improve patient care. Absolutely. So Jude you're a medical registrar Mm. when you're on call what's the best advice you can give for recognising delirium? I think ask the nurses and ask the family Mm -hmm. I think that's the quickest way I think if you've just got a person in front of you who's very confused um, and you don't know what their baseline is, you, you're not going to be able to kind of work out whether this is dementia or delirium. And if you've got some collateral history from their family saying that normally they're much better than this or what they can normally do, that will really help you. That That's the key thing. I think the other thing to think about is to kind of look back in the notes and look for a, a kind of pattern to kind of see how have things changed. Moving on from that, if patients are presenting with a, an acute hyperactive delirium, what strategies are your favourite to use in an, in an emergency situation with an acutely agitated patient? So I, th- I think you've kind of got to go back to basics and I think it can be quite alarming when you're on call and you can have a patient who's very distressed. Often um, the sort of people on the ward can be very distressed and so you've got to go back to basics and think, kind of basically go through the things that Emily mentioned, kind of, is this person in pain? Are they dehydrated? Have they not had enough sleep? And it's often those very simple things that can, if you can get to the bottom of them or improve them, can make the patient feel better, calm them down as well. The other thing that I really like to do is to try and get the family to come in. Um, and I think most people's families, if, if they're aware their relative is very distressed, will come in. Mm-hmm. And often they can be very helpful in calming a patient down. I think the thing that people worry about and the thing that we as geriatricians don't like doing is sedating people and I think often that's what people jump to. I think sometimes because we want a sort of a magic tablet to fix all of this but I try to avoid doing that if possible and I think often just with the basic steps you can normally solve most problems. Absolutely, I would agree and I think you know things like the This Is Me document can really help in those situations because you know the patient it might be normal for them to walk for a mile a day so actually trying to make them sit down all the time is not the right thing to do. I had a patient who who came in with a a pneumonia and a delirium but she had a background of dementia and she her chest was improving but she became increasingly distressed with her breathing and actually she had a this is me document and on that document it said I get very anxious about my breathing if I can hold my Vicks vapor rub in my hand, this soothes me. So she went from someone that we were nearly going to send for a, a CTPA to actually someone that we gave their Vicks vapor rub, and that's all they needed. So I think quite a spurious example, but knowing what a patient is normally like, if they are someone that goes to the cafe every morning and they're becoming agitated, you know, walk them up to the day room and make them a cup of tea. So it's about really trying to understand 
your patient, ask them what they used to do as a job. You know, we've we've had plenty of times where we've had some of our, particularly female, but not always, uh, patients who, are, you know, are happily folding up um, pillowcases on the ward and they just want, want to be doing something. And I think people surrounding them when they're agitated or distressed, telling them they can't do that thing is what provokes the situation. I have to say also calling security is something that I would always try and limit. I think if you're a frightened and agitated patient, bringing in, again, typically some bigger men in uniforms can be a very, very anxiety-provoking episode. So I would always try and not involve security unless, you know, absolutely um, impossible to settle the situation in any other way. But I agree with Jude, family family, and knowing the patient is the most important thing. And actually, if someone wants to walk up and down the ward, that's not harming them and, and that we should just allow people to kind of do what they want in the environment if we can and it's safe to do so. Well, some very useful tips there on how to de-escalate the situation when a patient is acutely agitated without having to use sedation. Excellent. So if someone presents with delirium... Do you want to follow them up normally or do you, what would you tell the relatives about the prognosis? So in terms of if they have presented with delirium and they don't have an underlying dementia, then um, if the delirium hasn't fully settled or there's concerns about underlying cognitive impairment, I would always follow them up from a personal level. We know that if you present with a delirium, you have a significant increased risk of developing a future dementia. So I would always... Um, follow them up in the community and then potentially refer them on for a formal memory assessment. We know that delirium, although it, it typically can resolve very quickly, it can be prolonged and it's difficult to know at what stage that's the delirium or are we developing an underlying dementia. So I tend to try and do an early review of them. I think if the delirium has fully resolved, then I don't necessarily follow that patient up, but I do give the patient and family information about delirium, so we have a trust um, information booklet. But I also stress upon them that when they've had a, because they've had an episode of delirium, they are at future risk of delirium. And if they had one early medical review by their GP to look at possible factors, underlying infection, medication causes, etc., at the soon as soon as possible is in their best interest to try and treat delirium, uh, the causes of delirium early. I think if a patient has a known dementia and presents with the delirium, again, I wouldn't routinely follow them up if they already have a diagnosis, but again, give that information about delirium representing an underlying medical change which needs a, a medical assessment by the GP or by hospital. And one last thing I wanted to ask you, Emily, was tell us a little bit about the Alexandra Suite. Okay, so the Alexandra Suite was opened in 2004. 15. The Alexandra Suite is run by our helper team and there's always presence of a delirium dementia outreach nurse present on the unit. Essentially it is to try and target cognitive impairment with various different therapies so there's often different activities and orientation therapies. While the patient is, is there they will be prompted to drink. The staff will do some of their cognitive assessments while they're there but essentially it's a day unit within the hospital to allow patients who are medically stable enough to leave the ward to come and have cognitive therapy essentially so it's often they'll use sort of reminiscence books that kind of thing or there might be old films or they'll look at old items from local industry so old mining old rope that relates to you know the previous occupations that the patients may have had Um, and it's it's one of 
those six factors that needs targeting the, the cognitive orientation. And during that time, the helpers will also look at sort of other hearing aids working, they fix hearing aids, get batteries for hearing aids, all that kind of thing. So it's, it's for patients that are well enough to leave the ward to provide some cognitive stimulation while, while they're in patients. Excellent. Uh, just to sum up, it seems that there has been some good progress made in dementia care for inpatients with lots of exciting ideas like the Alexandra Suite and the, the HELP scheme. And I think we've talked about lots of interesting uh, ways to try and de-escalate situations and manage acutely agitated patients with dementia. Thank you both very much for joining us on Coticast. Did you enjoy your first... Yes, thank you. (laughs) Fantastic. Hey, thank you so much.